All right, good afternoon, everyone. Um, so my name is Ken Curtin. I'm the creative director and co-founder of Hatto. And I think uh, just to start, I thought we could all stand up on our stand up and just do a quick stretch. <laughs> so as you can probably guess, Hatto is, um, comes from Japan. Stretch up to the sky, look at the ceiling. Let's look at the beautiful architecture of the, the opera house. Have a little jiggle. Jump up and down. Run off those hangovers from last night's party. And let's sit down. Thank you. So, Hato's name, the word comes from Japan. I myself am half Japanese, half Australian. And Japan for us is, uh, has a lot of meaning. We have a lot of synergies with the country in the sense that the way that it looks after its community and the way that they look after crafts. And I think there's a lot of synergies with Sweden as well in that sense. It also means bird in Japanese, or more specifically, pigeon. And that, for us, was a key decision. At Hato, we started as a printing press, and we were really inspired by the arts and crafts movement, which is a, which is a sort of uh, a movement that took place during the Industrial Revolution in the UK. And in today's society, we're going through a similar revolution, a digital revolution, or a making one. So within that, we had, uh, within the Industrial Revolution, there were a series of printing presses and publishing houses. So you had William Morris, um, Sir Stevenson Blake, and they set up these grand publishing houses that were really out there to distribute a more social meaning or utopian visions, because they had a printing press that was available to them. These publishing houses were named after birds, generally a lot more regal, like doves, golden cockerel. Coming for London for us, the pigeon felt right. So we're a global design practice. We have offices in London and Hong Kong. And we specialize in working with brands and institutions to create co-creative projects. We work with them to think creatively, or get their people to think creatively, their customers. And we want to look beyond what's in front of them and, make the, and empower them to make their own decisions. At the heart of our process is play. Now, we heard a lot about play yesterday and how it's, so, it's beneficial within children. But we also think it's beneficial with adults and internal departments. So we make change through play, and we learn by playing. And as you can see, this is an ongoing cycle for us. We work in a lean and agile manner, and we create different kind of teams. So Tindai and the, today we sort of spoke about the internal teams that exist in organizations. And for us, we don't have a working process that's set in stone. We like to work with our, with our uh, clients and co-create uh, new partnerships. So this enables us to create these, the, the teams with our solutions. Um, so back to Hatto Press. So this is where we started, and this is our printing press today, to meet uh, Raphael, Donatello, and Leonardo, our printers. The printing press itself is community-driven. All the profits made from it go back into the press to buy new equipment or facilitate new learnings for the team. It's an environmental printing press. It all uses soya-based inks, and all the offcuts and test prints are used into making sustainable products or upcycled to make new products. So we make stationary sets. Um, we're looking at how to turn paper back into wood as a, as a material for product designers to work with. And as of next month, all of our learnings are going to be open sourced. We want as many people to create or have the tools to be able to create a similar system. So all of our quoting systems, our suppliers, and the templates to upcycling will be available online. As part of the press, we have a publishing house. Uh, this is a recent project by an artist called Masanaya Hirayama. I'm wearing one of the, the socks today. 
And the project was all around spotting 10 differences to see if you can spot them today. As part of the, the, the wider team, we have a workshops program that's all founded around the notions of learning through play. We also have a digital lab and a design studio. So this is an augmented reality tool that we built for a design and advertising festival in London this year. And the tool is an open call, call to action for people to submit creative marks marks that we could then use as a, as a sort of a crowdsourced platform for various design development. So here's a, a marketing campaign that took place, and within that process, we made moving image idents and videos. So what is co-creation? I think uh, in the past 24 hours of being in Malmo, I've been really inspired by everyone here in the conference's view on co-creation. We heard a lot about it yesterday, and I have a lot more hope than I did when I arrived from London. Um, I'm going to give you a couple, um, a recent example of what co-creation means in the UK. So a couple years ago, the UK government launched this fantastic uh, project, and it was in the form of a research boat that was going out into the Antarctic. And Sir David Attenborough, he dubbed the project as being the future salvation of mankind. And as part of this project, the team decided to have a co-creation arm to it. And they invited the members of the public to submit names that could be used for this boat. And then after that process, they had a polling station, which would allow them to choose which the, the final name of that boat. In the end, sadly, the name of the boat was Boaty McBoatface, which we can see here. So you can see the public really didn't take it so seriously, despite having such a democratic way of voting for this. So this, the rest of the presentation won't be in line to this. Um, on contrary to general perceptions, co-creation isn't a means to tick an engagement box. In fact, co-creation is an opportunity to add value to something which has impact. But unless we ourselves are creating informed decisions within our internal teams or the general public, then it's no different to another means of exploitation. So we work with our clients to co-create. We work them on a journey of design to develop identities and digital products. We work them on to rationalize on decision processes so that they are able to make the informed decisions. We don't force feed an idea. And we co-create with the general public and their own teams. And that, I think, is one of our favorite parts of what we do because we get to see from first hand what the impact of that is, to, to see their, their internal teams be reactivated to think, creativity, to, to think creatively and to have innovation. So throughout this session, we're going to explore these notions and what co-creation means to Hato. So I wanted to start with an early project called the Edgware Road Project. Um, this project brought together artists and designers to collaborate. And we collaborated on a joint mission. And that mission was to essentially to raise awareness of, a, of an architectural master plan that was taking place in this community. And the Edgware Road project, as you can see from this map, I mean, it's quite a uni unique site to London in the sense that it's very central. It's between Regent's Park and Oxford Street. And in, throughout the spine of it, you have Church Street, the market space there. Edgware Road itself is a very rich, um, diverse, uh, has a very rich, diverse culture. The majority of the demographic there are from Middle East and Africa. So with the artists on the project, we collaborated, and each of us had a different stakeholders group. 
Our stakeholder group were a group of 14 to 17-year-olds made up of three secondary schools. And like Sweden, the voting age is 18 in the UK, and they felt that they didn't have any power to make a difference or to have a say. But we wanted to let them know that they could be heard and that we could distribute their voice to a wider community. So they had the idea to set up a new group to no longer be seen as children, but to be seen as a group of activists. They named themselves Moi, based on a French pedagogue who was Celestin Frenet. And Frenet, the man in the back, were taught his lessons by empowering his students. So he didn't necessarily have lesson plans, but what he did have was a printing press itself. And he invited his students to go out on walks and find something that they were interested to research. They would then write, edit, print, and distribute that to a wider network. So with these group, moi, we co-created with them to have a voice in the political discussion. We wrote, edited, designed, printed, and distributed these publications to a wider audience who were able to make, a, uh, make an informed decision. We wanted them to understand what the young person's vote would be if they had that opportunity. So from a co-creation perspective, what's important in this example is that the way that that group were activated to become decision makers, to have an autonomous point of view on the matter, and to give them an outlet to distribute it. The other was one that we only really appreciated later on in our practice, and that was a simple point of the engagement of it. These students were coming in their lunch breaks, they were coming on weekends, on holidays, and we asked ourselves why was that the case. Slowly we realized that it was more about having fun and making an impact to society. So we've concluded that through play comes true innovation, and in many ways play is the original form of co-creation. Over the past nine years, we've been influenced by lean startup models as methods of operation, architectural practices as um, individuals' autonomy, law firms for the ways of working out shares and partnerships. But the most important one that I found was working with children. Through children, we learned that you couldn't dictate a final outcome, that you had to, because at the end, being told what to do was never so, so much fun. We quickly learned that we had to become facilitators of play. We had to become a vase for their creativity. So for each workshop, instead of having prescribed outcomes, we began to build templates and, uh, templates and tools for them to play within. And it was the access to the tools that was important. The power of the tool isn't a new realization. Access to tools was a subline to Stuart Brand's Whole Earth Catalog. The Whole Earth Catalogue is the internet before the internet. It inspired the internet, it inspired Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, and this idea of creating an access of tools, essentially, was something that really empowered the people. It's the same thought process that we feel is important to working within your own internal environment. So here's a one-day workshop that I'm going to show with Facebook European headquarters. And this is actually one of my favorite workshops for one reason only, and because I finally got to work with people who said they couldn't draw. And out of the audience here, who's found themselves saying that? Just a quick raise of hands. I have. And it's frustrating when I say it, because there's no such thing as can't. Everyone can draw. But I think this, this notion of I can't draw is a real difference between ch a child and an adult. If you give a child a blank sheet of paper, 
they'll fill it quite quickly, no questions asked. If you give an adult a blank sheet of paper, we'll generally stare at it, we'll wonder what it could be, what it could mean, and what it will represent. But I think this is the real difference between an adult's creativity and a child's one, and one that we're very wary of working on when we're working with an organization like Facebook. So the interaction was simple. We built an internal interactive toolkit. It was framed around food, because for food, for us, as a practice, is an important part of our day. So we're going to go through Lucy's Moroccan chicken. And we made the, the user interface exceptionally simple and, in some many ways, crude. We built a toolkit that would allow people to submit recipes in a very simple manner. And over a period of a lunch break, we had around 100 recipes and 10,000 illustrations. But what's important here is the tools that we developed. So in here, you could see a library of illustrations being drawn live. And the main decisions here were really to make the tool very um, enabling in the sense that it's, it's reminiscent of a Microsoft Paint brush. And the colors themselves are a reflex blue and a fluorescent pink, something that would strip away the fear of making that first mark on a page, and most importantly, make it fun. So here's our chicken recipe. Um, and then in the evening, the, the, all the submissions, where they were invited to come towards the end of the day and come and print and bind and make these publications. So here's the Facebook cookbook. And my favorite, the beef bourguignon. So at Hato, we believe in knocking through the I can't draw attitudes. We want to bring confidence in all ages through playful interactions. We want to inspire a, create, inspire a sense of creativity and innovation in and outside the work, workplace. This workshop here, over a space of a lunch period, had over a thousand illustrations. And all of them, as you can see, are unique and brilliant. These participants took, took from it to have confidence in their creativity, see new ways of working, and development of making skills. So finally, I wanted to run through a project that we did up in Liverpool as part of the International Art Biennale. So we were invited as artists to deliver a children's episode of the program titled Hello, Future Me. And we were really interested in the Voyager disks that NASA sent out in the, in the 80s. So within this practice, we set out a one week of workshops with the children in their holidays. We ran workshops on the space race, why it was important on the origination of language, the written words, because the Voyager disk was going out to an, uh, an intelligent life form that wasn't human. So we looked at the Rosetta Stone, the stone that helped understand the hieroglyphics. We looked at Thomas More's utopian publication. And then we built methods of working with this group. We put them into teams. They would design at a scale one-to-one. -one. They would design at, on schematic sheets. And they learned how to collaborate with one another and present their works. But we realized that we needed to build a digital tool in order to make it a co-creative project. So we built a simple iPad tool which would allow them to submit their designs and add meaning to what it was. And then together, they could co-create this bus design. So go through this video. We're in the bus that we've designed ourselves for the Liverpool Biannual. We made pictograms to show things in Liverpool and things we like and things we don't like. So it's like all the different countries around the world. So it's like all races can come to Liverpool. 
So the idea is that we're a city that invites, we want lots of different people from all over the world. Okay, cool. We were inspired by NASA when they sent messages out to space in the 1970s, I think it was. There's messages on the bus, the future citizens of Woodville. I think it's fantastic just to actually have something which, at the end of the day, is a fairly basic but important form of public transport that just normally goes up and down the street, really coming to life. Every day you'll be able to see it go past the school. People will be getting on and off and trying to crack their coats. So there's a big in... Sorry. Thank you. Um, so to begin to conclude, the Antarctic vessel was naive, and it took advantage of the public, and the public ridiculed it in return. It missed out an array of opportunities, and opportunities to learn what the vessel was doing, to learn why it was one of the futures, uh, why it was going to save the future society, and maybe most importantly, to create a more informed, environmentally aware public. So to summarize, in any co-creation, there has to be an exchange. What you invest in is what you get amplified out, or what you're asking for has to be returned to the end user. You need to build tools and processes for people to work with. And the last one, or maybe the second last one, sorry. You have to have fun and be excited. Bring out your inner child. And this is the last one. A successful co-creation will give autonomy. There are no egos in co-creation. As you could see in the public bus that we did in Liverpool, the students, they were the artists, the writers, the designers, and most importantly, the decision makers. Hato, us, the facilitators, are a distant memory to them. And that's potentially the most important part, that you have to create autonomy. We aim to activate a society where innovation is truly for everyone. So if more brands and institutions are able to see the value in the above and deliver programs for their staff and local, local customers, we can get to our vision, a society where people are making informed decisions, looking beyond the fake news of our time to hold more than one perspective and to evaluate what is true and false. Thank you. <laughs>